You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning, Bucknoters. Welcome to the Bucknotes Morning 5 here on Wednesday, July 20th, 2022. I am Dave Biddle. I'm very happy to be joined by Steve Hellwagon. Um, a lot to get into on today's show. We already have a lot of questions and comments from uh, viewers, and the show has not even begun yet. Well, now it has. But let's start with what I wanted to get into for the crux of the show, and that is our confidence level in Ohio State's offensive line this year. Let's go 1 to 10, Steve. What's your confidence level in this uh, Buckeye offensive line this fall? I'd put it probably about a seven. Um, I think last year you had a pretty good offensive line that for the most part was outstanding uh, with pass protection. Michigan kind of exploited a few things, I think, there at the end of the year. Um, You know, when you have the number one offense in all of college football, you've obviously done some, some good things. Uh, with the offensive line, but I think that uh, obviously they did get out physical, it seems, in a couple of the games, Oregon and Michigan. So um, the tweaks that that have come down this year, obviously, uh, moving Paris Johnson from guard out to tackle, I think that's a, a good sign, obviously. Uh, Dewan Jones is going to be a year older and a year better at the other tackle position. Luke Whipler did a bang-up job, I thought, at center. And then you got two new starters, essentially, Matthew Jones, who's got some starting experience at one guard, and Donovan Jackson at the other. I think that starting five is is pretty good. I think that uh, in preseason camp, they'll work out whatever kinks that they may still have with their new position coach, Justin Fry. I don't, I don't envision an issue at all with that starting five. I think it's when you get beyond – that starting five is where you start to have some real questions. Do you have another tackle on this roster that's ready to go? Uh, you'd say uh, potentially Josh Fryer, I guess, although he missed the spring. Enoch Vamahi may be the next guy up at guard. Uh, Jacob James may be the next guy at center. You feel pretty good about that first six, seven, maybe eight but you get beyond that, and you have guys who missed the spring because of injuries, uh, some guys who are completely untested, have never played at the college level more than you know the last three snaps against Akron or whatever last year. So uh, to me, there are some question marks here uh, with uh, this offensive line. I want to see them. Uh, grow throughout uh, preseason camp. And obviously uh, there is no time for a dress rehearsal. You're starting out against Notre Dame, uh, again, a top 10 team, and and we'll see what kind of challenge they're going to present as we get closer to that game. But uh, to me, uh, I, I feel pretty good about it. I feel as run blockers, they should be outstanding. And we'll see if they can be anywhere close to as good as they were last year in pass protection. When C.J. Stroud had time, he just picked people apart. So uh, that's the offensive line that allowed him the luxury to do that. 
Yeah, I'll go with an eight. Um, you know, obviously 10 would be best in the country. A nine in my book would be best in the Big Ten, one of the best in the country. I don't think they're going to be there, but I do think they, they can be an eight. I like bringing Justin Fry in as the offensive line coach. Kevin Wilson also heavily involved. And as you mentioned, Steve, you laid it out very well. The pieces seem to fit much better this year. It's not, you know, the old adage, you're trying to get the five best on the field. That sounds good, but you had guys playing out of position last year. Um, now Paris Johnson, who's projected as the number one offensive lineman in next year's draft. We'll see if he can live up, up to that. He's got the potential. He's got the work ethic. He's got the character. Um, he's got all the skills. Um, but this is his first year starting at left tackle. But I'm bullish on him. I'm also bullish on Donovan Jackson. I think Donovan Jackson's a future star. Both of those guys are former five-star recruits, Paris Johnson, Donovan Jackson. I like big Dewan Jones at right tackle. You mentioned Luke Whipler at center. I mean, he got the cobwebs out of the way last year, hot and cold a little bit, but he was a redshirt freshman. Now as a third-year guy, student of the game, you know, he says his hobbies are watching film and working out. Those are your hobbies too, Steve, I know. Um, you know, just watching film and working out. Um, and, and, you know, now as a third-year guy, I think he's going to really blossom. And you mentioned Matt Jones as well. I think, you know, with the starting experience he has, um, even though this is going to be his first full-time, uh, you know, first full year as a full-time starter, um, he's a fifth-year senior. I really like that starting five, and I like how the pieces fit. And then you mentioned, though, the weaknesses is, you know, and Ryan Day was the first to mention this, is the depth. You know, can guys like Josh Fryer step up? Is he going to be healthy? Zen Mahalski at tackle. You mentioned some of the other guys, you know, Enoch Vamahi, Jacob James. They need those guys to step up. Um, so we'll see what happens. But I'll, I'll give it an eight right now. Um, and then we're going to get into let's get into some questions here. Um, all right, running back. I wasn't planning on talking about this, but we have a few questions about running backs for the 2023 class for Ohio State. They've missed on some big ones, which is understandable when you look at the current running backs they have. They landed Travion Henderson and Evan Pryor in that beautiful 2021 class. They got Dallin Hayden coming in as a freshman this year. Clifford Parks on a Clifford Parks Jr. on YouTube wants to know who's the next running back option for the Buckeyes. I'll put it this way. I think what's going to happen here, Steve, you can tell me if you agree or not. I think they're going to get a running back still in this 2023 class, but it'll be a fallback option. But I'll remind everybody, Mayan Williams was a fallback option after they missed out on uh, B. John Robinson after he gave them the silent you know, commit and then he backed out. They got Mayan Williams and not that he's Bijan Robinson, but they're very happy with Mayan Williams. So I think Tony Alford, who is a fantastic recruiter, I think he's going to find hopefully a diamond in the rough. They're not going to go without a running back in this class. I think they're going to land at least – they're not going to get two. I think they will find a running back. It might be a, a three-star or a low four-star, but I think they will get a running back, Steve. Well, they do have the commitment with Mark Fletcher from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, American oh, Heritage sorry. High School. Yeah, I forgot six about one, that. Yeah, 6'1", 225. I mean, he's a big – back that uh, kind of fits what you need in the Big Ten to, to run over people. He's ranked number 12 overall at running back uh, for the class of 2023. So I don't think that they're going completely barren here. Uh, would it be nice to get another one? Yeah. But uh, I mean, your depth is pretty good. As you mentioned, you have Henderson, Williams, Pryor, Dallin Hayden. That's four right there. And uh, obviously adding Fletcher makes five uh, for 2023. So to me, um, 
could they use another one in this class? Yeah, I think had Justice Haynes committed to Ohio State, it would have been great. Uh, Richard Young from Florida is still out there, number 24 overall player, although they are a definite, definite long shot to land Richard Young. Uh, Cedric Baxter is another one from uh, Florida as well. He's a national top 50 player. Uh, I know in talking to Mark Porter, there could be some in-state running backs that uh, may emerge uh, as this season kind of wears on here in 2022. So um, I don't look for it to be an issue. And, and Dave, um, you know, I, I dare say this, if it is a problem, you can always fall back on the portal to get a one-year guy if you have to. So I don't think – I mean, they took a running back from Arizona State this year and put him at linebacker. I mean, Trayonum, uh, yeah. if, 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 if the first four guys went out with an injury, I guarantee you Chip Trayonum would be – who's not going to play linebacker at Ohio State this year is going to be – I mean, he's in the group, but I don't think he's going to play much, would be moved over to running back. So, I, you know, I I get it. I get the angst. You need a blue chip back to really make this thing work. I mean, Dobbins, you know, begets, you know, insert insert name and then on down to Travion Henderson. But uh, – it really goes best when you have that type of a five-star back, and, and we haven't seen that uh, last year or this year, or actually this year. So um, I guess we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. But, uh, yeah, I know from being at the camp, they had some outstanding running backs. Tony Alford was, was working out who were underclassmen, 2024-2025. And, uh, you know, now he's got to close on one of those guys and get him in here. My apologies to Mark Fletcher, by the way. I can't believe I've been talking him up. I, I like Great Mark Fletcher. Back, and then I completely forget he's in the class. My American apologies. Heritage. My, I know. The pipeline that is American Heritage. Uh, my yeah. apologies, Mr. Mark Fletcher and your family. Um, uh, I, will, I will drop and do 20 right after the show. Maybe I should do it right now. People are wondering, can you actually do that? I actually can. I actually can. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. I don't think All I right. can. I, I, uh, I don't do many exercises. That's one that I actually do. I do some push-ups every once in a while. Um, all right, let's get to this one. A lot of people wondering about uh, Tackett Curtis, um, who, who you know looked like an Ohio State lean for a while. He committed to USC, the linebacker out of Louisiana, who I call a Curtis Tackett uh, accidentally all the time. But Tackett Curtis, um, David from YouTube says, good morning, guys. My gut instinct tells me that Tackett Curtis was not on board with our defensive scheme. And the fact that we have 11 linebackers on the roster and only two will play usually. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think that plays into it. Um, I also think that USC just sold him on some other things that maybe early playing time. There is, as you mentioned, a lot of depth at Ohio State, and they're not going to lose too many of those guys. Taraja Mitchell's in his last year, um, EA Natiote, but I think all the other guys are going to be back unless they transfer. Um, and they get some good um, up-and-coming guys like C.J. Hicks, Reed Carrico, Gabe Powers. Um, and USC can kind of sell him on – we're an up-and-coming program. Be a part of this early playing time. And I'm sure NIL played into it as well. USC's doing a great job with that. Not that Ohio State's not, but um, what's your thoughts on Tackett Curtis picking uh, USC over Ohio State, Steve? Yeah, again, um, they need impact linebackers. I don't have any doubt about that. Uh, we kind of question, you know, who was the last great linebacker Ohio State had? Is it back to Jerome Baker or something? But, you know, that's going back several years. I wouldn't call him great. I mean, my gosh, that's a good one. Darren Lee was a first-round pick. That one yeah. year he was great. Ryan, yeah. Shaz Ryan Shazier was great. He was a first-round pick. 
Those are the last two that have been first round picks, right? That linebacker. Juan DeTruth was pretty good. So yeah, I yeah, I don't know. Was good. Yep. I, I'm um I'm ambivalent about the whole thing because they just took Gabe Powers and CJ Hicks. And if one of them pans out, and I think Sonny Styles is not a safety. I think he's probably gonna end up a linebacker. Yep. Um, to my way of thinking. I mean, the, you know. And Reed Again, Carico is still a young dude. Reed, Reed Carico, Carico is still a red shirt freshman. Yeah. Gabe Powers, you got plenty. You got you're fine. I mean, and and to be honest with you, maybe that is something that was used against Ohio State that they're only going to play two linebackers. I don't think it's going to be exclusive two linebackers because in the limited times we got to watch a little bit in the spring, they did have some sets where three linebackers were on the field. So if you're playing a Michigan team that is intent on lining up and running the football, I think they'll be in a 4-3. I think Knowles is going to adapt this defense uh, to what they need to have. It's, it's not going to be exclusively 5-2 or 4-2-5. It, it could be 4-3-4 at times as well. So, um, But I do believe people are using that against Ohio State, no question that they're only going to play two linebackers the predominant amount of time and you need two thumpers. If you're only playing two, you need two guys who are going to make plays and stop the run. So uh, on one hand, you need fewer of them. On the other hand, you need great ones. So uh, that's, uh, that's a catch 22. I think um, they're going to work through it. Uh, Jim Knowles, uh, you know, building relationships now with 2024, 2025 guys just as I said with Tony Alford, I, I don't have a, 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 a bad feeling that it's not going to work out. I mean, they had football at Ohio State for over 120 years before Tackett Curtis, and they'll probably have it for a few more years after, you know, whatever impact he may have at USC. You used a good word there, ambivalent. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little I'll, – I'll use another one. I'm a little, just indifferent. You know, when, yeah. I, when I saw that, I'm like, I don't know, nothing against the kid, but I mean – Again, transfer portal. I mean, come on. It, I almost hate to say this because it sounds like sour grapes. It's not. I watched the film. He's like almost plays like a safety role. Hits guys pretty high. You know, good high school player, but not playing against good competition. I, yeah, I'm not going to lose sleep over Ohio State losing like a, a four-star linebacker when no. they just landed a couple, a five-star, you know, basically two five-stars. Because I agree, Sonny Styles will play that bandit as a true freshman that should still be a, a senior in high school. But down the line, he's going to grow into a linebacker, uh, just you like think? his pops was a linebacker yeah. at Ohio State. Um, well, and, and Ryan Day is is living with us here in the real world. I mean, and I've been on record saying this. I think after this season, they have to get into the portal for two starting offensive linemen because uh, my feeling is DeWand is gone, uh, Paris is gone, yeah. and uh, possibly Matt Jones will be gone. And if he plays well, has a great year. I mean, he's got four or five starts under his belt before he comes into a season where he's going to start all 15 games, Dave. So uh, did you like what I did? What I, what oh, I, I loved what you did there. Like yeah. What I did there. I, yes. I got us, I got us to SoFi. So. Um, My teams don't do well there though, Steve, in big games. <laughs> the Bengals lost something called the Super Bowl there. I'll, let's let's just get there and see what happens. I'll take yeah. it. Yeah. Well, they were playing a team on, on their field, weren't they? Wasn't that's that true. That's that's yeah. what it was. The game that's was a ridiculous. Paul, game with the Paul you should Brown move the Super Bowl. If a, team, if a team qualifies for it on their home field, they should move it at any rate. Um, 
I think two offensive linemen and one starting defensive tackle. I think they're going into the portal after this season because they want to win the championship in 2023 too. And the only way to do that, in my opinion, is going to be go get help. And maybe that starts back to our first question that how excited am I about this offensive line? I want to see, I want to see guys grow and develop because I I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it yet. So I need to see it. Well, let's get to the question from Yakov22 here on YouTube. Any concerned highly ranked, any concerns highly ranked out of state offensive tackles are not coming to Ohio State? Yes, it's a concern, but I will say this. Think about the top offensive tackles that have played at Ohio State over the years. They almost always come from in-state. Start with Orlando Pace from Sandusky. I mean, before him, Corey Stringer was from Ohio. Taylor Decker was a first-round pick from Vandalia. Paris Johnson's going to be a first-round pick from Cincinnati. Listen, they've landed some decent ones from out of state, but it's almost like, Steve, if there's not an elite offensive tackle from Ohio, Buckeyes probably aren't going to get them. Sad reality. Well, I think we're in the probationary period here with Justin Fry. He needs to build those relationships with out-of-state offensive linemen to get them. And I think that, uh, again, uh, your NFL draft showing Paris Johnson will help that cause. Obviously, if he goes out as a top 20 pick in the uh, in the NFL draft this coming year, in fact, you know, depending on how well he does, he could be a top five or top 10 pick. You just, you know, the sky's the limit, I think, for him. Um, you make a good case. I mean, the, the, the blue chip offensive linemen have been few and far between Paris Johnson and Donovan Jackson and not much else to show. Tegra Tashbola is coming in this year from Lakota West, uh, and he'll be a backup. He'll be second or third team at, at tackle this year, probably redshirt, I would think. But, uh, you know, there's an example. He's a guy that could work his way up, uh, probably like a top 150, top 125, top recruit. But, you know, again, not necessarily top 50 or a five-star. So, um they're doing fine, need to do better, and uh, I have no doubt that if there are deficiencies that Ryan Day will fill them through the portal. I'm trying to think. Help me out here as we do this on the fly. I'm trying to think of the last – some of the top offensive tackles that they've landed from out of state. I'm not going to include Donovan Jackson, even though he, he repped there. I mean, he was five-star guard. I love yeah. As I said earlier, I think Donovan Jackson – I don't know this year as a first-year star as a sophomore, although I, I think he might be. I think this kid's going to be a star. He's just so mature and – um, he's just ready to roll. I mean, he played a decent amount as a true freshman last year is that uh, when they went jumbo set and brought an extra tight end out there, he was wearing that number 41, looking like a bigger Keith Byers out there. Yeah. Um, Nick Petit so, so, like, J.B. Shugarts was one, yeah. four-star. later on, Prince. Oh, yeah, Nick, Prince. how can I forget Nick Petit-Ferrer? Yeah, there you Isaiah go. Isaiah Prince was really highly touted. Uh, Isaiah Nick, Prince. Jamarco yeah. Jones was an offensive tackle, even though he was a shorter win. He was a he high was, four star. Where was he from? Was he from Chicago? Chicago. Yeah. yeah. Nick Petit Ferrer is the one that I forgot. Yeah. Tampa, I believe. That's the big yeah. one because he was ranked over Jackson Carmen as the number one offensive tackle uh, recruit in the country that year. Yeah. Um, ended up being first a third round pick. In Tampa. So it didn't end up being a first round pick, but it's like every time Ohio State's had an offensive tackle taken in the first round, unless I'm missing some, something over the years, there hasn't been that many. Um, he's been from Ohio and that'll be the same case when Paris Johnson goes out. looks like he'll be a first round pick eventually. So, yeah, uh, if we don't get, that's a, they're lucky that three of the top five players in the state of Ohio in the 2023 class are offensive linemen. 
because that, you know, boom, they got those three just in the bag. Yeah. I do like the kid that they got from Connecticut. Um, he seems like a guy that's underrated. I think eventually he'll be a four-star. But landing elite offensive tackles from out of state is tough sledding. You mentioned Isaiah Prince, um, Nick Petit-Ferrer. I guess, you know, J.B. Shugarts was ranked high. So was Jamarco Jones. But the elite wins, Orlando Pace, Taylor Decker. I mean, I still consider him elite. He was a first-round pick. Paris Johnson, those guys were all Ohio guys. Corey Stringer, all Ohio guys. Yeah. All right, I'm going to get to this, Steve. Where are we going to be one week from today, Steve? We're going to be at Indy for Big Ten Media Days. In fact, we'll be there uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of next week. Um, everything for Ohio State will be exactly one week from today. So Big Ten Media Days actually kick off Tuesday, the 29th, or not the 29th. What is it? Uh, Tuesday, the 26th. All of Ohio State stuff will be Wednesday, the 27th. So exactly one week from today, and they'll be going all day. Ryan Day has a couple different media you know, obligations um one of them is like, like an hour in a breakout room where he's just gonna be talking to the media for like a full hour which is awesome the three player reps um cj stroud jackson smith and jigba ronnie hickman i like that steve get into what you're interested in hearing about at big 10 media days both from ohio state's perspective and the league as a whole i can't wait to hear some of the questions about conference expansion what's next tv deals all that good stuff what are you most interested in gleaning from Media Days next week? Um, I think uh, talking to Ryan Day, maybe a little bit about behind the scenes in terms of the defense. I know the offense is his big thing, and I would say it's on cruise control by any means, but there are less questions, I think, on offense than there are on defense. And I think uh, talking to Ryan Day about how comfortable he is with what Jim Knowles wants to do, what he saw in the spring, uh, if he feels that that they've made some upgrades at, at you know they've eleven starting positions, are 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 there going to be some upgrades in terms of personnel at those positions? I know a lot of the names are still the same, but do they feel like they're going to put these guys in a position to succeed? So I think defense. I know it's not sexy to talk about it, but if they want to win a national championship. You know, they gave up 23 points a game last year. They got to get that back down around 15, probably, if they want to win the national championship in uh, 2022. And you've got the quarterback, the running back, the wide receiver to do it. Um, beyond that, um, I don't know, just, just the general feeling on uh, from the offensive side, uh, who has stepped up at wide receiver maybe this spring and this summer with Marvin Harrison, Emeka Buka. What's Cam Babb's status? Is he going to be okay to, to take some snaps in the fall? Is he in the mix? Julian Fleming, is he finally healthy? Is he ready to go? Um, tight end, you know, G. Scott, is, is he going to be a guy that revolutionizes that position as a pass catcher? Uh, you know, we saw Ruckert kind of scratch the surface a little bit with it. Um, I don't know. The I'll, I'll shut up and listen to you. What are a couple things you want to hear? Because, you know, I, I don't want to say it's a pat hand going into start the season, but there aren't that many questions about this team other than the the big overriding one, is the defense going to be any better? That's that's kind of the, the whole crux of the matter. If the defense isn't any better, you're 11-2 and two again. Yeah, Ronnie Hickman gets to take all those shots because, you know, C.J. Stroud and Jackson Smith and Jigman just get to talk about how great the offense is and – Tell us about that Rose Bowl when you threw for your seventh touchdown. 
Jackson Smith and Jigba, can you talk about having the best performance ever in a bowl game? <laughs> College football, the best performance by a wide receiver ever in a bowl game. My history goodness. of the sport. But yeah, like Tim, um, Tim Kirkjian on ESPN. Nobody's ever done that in the history of the game, guys. So, um, I, you know, I'm going to be the one asking questions that Ryan Day is not going to like um, asking or uh, answering injuries. Now, he's usually more this far away from games. He's usually more apt to answer them because it's going to be general stuff like, all right, you've talked about depth on the offensive line being a concern. And Steve and I've talked about that. We all know depth is a concern. I don't think it's maybe a glaring one. Assuming Josh Fryer is healthy, because I like some of those other guys like Enoch Vimahi, Zen Mahalski, <clears throat> Jacob James. If those are your, you know, seventh, eighth, and ninth best offensive linemen, that's not a bad situation to be in. Presuming Josh Fryer can be that top backup, can play tackle, can play guard. He's coming off that torn ACL. How is he doing? How are some of the other guys doing coming back? Where's Lathan Ransom at? Are we sure Josh Proctor is absolutely 100% going into fall camp? Or is this like he's going to be limited a little bit like he was in spring? Or is Josh Proctor ready to roll? Is he 100% you know, healthy? So I'm going, to be, I'm going to ask you know about some of these injured guys. You mentioned Cam Babb, you know, Julian Fleming. I'm curious about that. And, of course, the defense. Of course, the defense. And from a conference perspective, I wish there was, you know, a commissioner in place that I, you know, had held in higher esteem than Kevin Warren because I'm really curious about, you know, the commissioner's perspective about conference expansion and because what we're hearing, Steve, you know, is really Gene Smith and, you know, is the one that really, really was, you know, the catalyst behind this. It really wasn't – it was – now, I'll give Kevin Warren credit. He listened to the people that were putting this together and got out of the way and let it happen. But I wonder if he's going to be taking all the credit, basically, you know, in his own little way at media day. So I'm curious how he's going to handle that. But I am curious to hear what he does say about conference expansion, what might be next. Again, I don't think we're going to get anything like solid out of him, but we'll see. I still wish they would have hired the guy, you know, Jim Phillips, who's in an absolute mess right now in the ACC, former Northwestern AD. I still think he should have been the, the replacement for Jim Delaney. But whatever. I, I babbled on there for a little bit. Not a fan of Kevin Warren, but um, but there you go. All right. Um, thank you to everybody for the questions and for the comments and sticking with us. Appreciate all of you guys tuning into the show. Thank you to all of our live audience and everybody listening to the podcast only version. Thank you very much to Steve Hellwagon for his insights. Appreciate you guys very much. Hope everyone has a great day. Series on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. That was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.